In the words of the late, great, legendary Aretha Franklin, let your mind go, let yourself be free. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. How the heck are you? Excellent, Pete. How are you? And a I'm good morning a... to our two listeners out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think um, I think we've got at least two. At maybe, least. Maybe four. Well, three people uh, stopped me to uh, talk about the podcast and tell me that people were listening. And uh, my mother told me that I sounded strong and confident. So Wow. You know. If you get mom listening, yeah, man, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, that's all she really commented about all the uh, stuff I threw out there. She, her, she just left it at there's a lot to think about, but I, I sounded strong and confident, so that's good. We can do week two and three now. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, I don't. I know my dad listens sometimes, mm-hmm. um, maybe all the time. I, I don't know, uh, but I know my mom does not. So. It's probably better off that way. Yeah. Yeah. And Farika listened on, on her way to work. So nice. Um, yeah, I got some, we got some good reviews from her and she kind of laughed at my comment about uh, how I text her Yeah, and uh, she's like, it's just part of the package and what I married. So yeah, we're good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I'm with no, I got no coffee this morning. I, I oh. I'm trying to go just one cup as often as I can. One big cup or like normal cup? No, just well, like a ten ounce cup. So like, okay, just just above normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a you know a regular cup's eight ounces, so just just above it. Uh, but I do have my my uh, White Sox, my White Sox uh, water as nice. always. So, and yeah. I'm sporting a, a Bradley at. You are. That's awesome. It was the yeah. best vacation I ever had. Much better news for you though. Yeah. Congrats, congrats to you and the boy. Yeah, yeah, my son accepted uh, to Bradley this weekend, so that was pretty cool. And you said you spent a, a hot minute there. <laughs> Sorry, my my wife decided to print something while we're recording, so I don't know if anybody else can hear that. But that's awesome. It, it kind of shocked me, but that's know. great. Well, at least hopefully it's not like a hundred page report. No, you know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Uh, so my youngest, Michaela, is a uh, a Girl Scout, whatever whatever they call them at that uh-huh. age, Daisy or something. Uh, so of course there's Girl Scout cookies, and they have to be packed. So I need the list so I can pack them. Gotcha. And I think that's what she's printing. So hey, that, that's a big old hint right there. <laughs> I can get to stop recording and get to work. Yeah, yeah. Basically, 
Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. So, but you know, we've got some deliveries to do. So anyway, back to back to Dave spending uh, fourteen seconds at Bradley. Yeah, I did. I spent uh, eight weeks at Bradley. I went there for all the wrong reasons, and uh, the only thing I came out of Bradley with was uh, some good fraternity stories. I was a, a pledge to a fraternity house there, and uh, I have a tattoo. So. Uh, I got my tattoo at I'm No Angel Tattoo in Peoria, and I spent a lot of time at the uh, Lucky Lady Saloon for nickel beer nights. Yeah, but, the uh, Lucky Lady, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, um, so are you going to share those wrong reasons, or well, you have know, to guess? No, it, I didn't graduate high school. I have a GED. So uh, I, gradu- I should have graduated in 89. I had already been in the uh, Army for a year. I was at what was called a split up. So I went to basic training between my junior and senior year, and um, I was very stubborn. And uh, I had a disagreement with my second semester U.S. history teacher in high school, and she failed me. So I was one credit short of graduating, which kind of screwed up my whole Army thing. So I had to um, kind of regroup and figure out what I was going to do uh, with my life at that point. Uh, long story short, my best friend still today uh, was at Bradley University, so I kind of um, wrote a good letter, got accepted in the Bradley, started Bradley with him, and uh, at that time his parents were going through a um, divorce, and it kind of affected him a lot, and he left school to go home and uh, take care of some family stuff, and when he dropped out, um, I dropped out is really the only reason why I went to Bradley was because of him. And, uh, gotcha. I, you know, I, I went back to school um, much later in life, but I wasn't ready for college at the time. So that's why I have uh, some tat- uh, tattoo and some good bar stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because it's one of the things I've been stressing to my son, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is – you know, are you ready? Cause I definitely was not ready for college. And I really think that for myself, I may have been better off starting like a community college or mm-hmm. uh, something different than what I did. I started at U of I I've, I've told this story and, and not done, did not do well because not cause I wasn't smart. I just, I was not confident at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, but for him, it's kind of, an interesting choice because he lives in Washington with his mom, which is a suburb of Peoria, if you will. Right. It's not that Mm -hmm. far outside it. And so he'll have that support at any time. And I'm only two hours away. Right. So it's always available to him that, that family support, and then he'll have friends there. So I think a few of his friends have already committed to Bradley also. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited for him and it's, I don't know. Like, I can't believe I've got a kid going to college, but you know, yeah, I, I'd like to be in college myself still. <laughs> I, I trust me. See, I, I, college was never a thought of mine. I didn't want to go to college ever since I was a little kid. My plans were I was going to be in the military. I was going to do a career in the military. I wanted to be a drill sergeant. That's all I ever wanted to be. And growing up in the very typical Jewish family in uh, Skokie, Illinois, military was not in the cards. Like, it was not going to happen. And um, 
so it, the military turned into something. My mom was super against it. I need to go to college, but I didn't have the skills from day one academically to be um, successful at at a higher university, right? Maybe community college, you know, for me, it would have been Oakton Community College, probably would have been better off. But I, it became like, my mom told me I couldn't join the army. Well, what's obviously, what am I going to do? Right. I'm going to, I'm going to join the army. And I wasn't prepared and had no idea what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. And I'm still to this day, I don't really know what I want to do when I grow up. Cause I still think I'm going to have a career in the military, which ended, you know, 30 years ago. I don't have that option. But uh, I, we, for Braden, in his mind, there's no, there's not a chance he's not going to college to play sports. And we emphasize that college, you may not go to college to play sports. Maybe you want to get a trade. Maybe you want to go to the military. Junior college is okay. Those two other options are okay. We just need to give you those skills. And Ferrica is adamant that Braden's not going to college and coming out with massive amount of debt, which is her. She wants him to go to school, but if school is going to cost you 20 years of student loans, that's a mortgage, then that's not an option. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a... That's a something we are everybody struggles with, right? Yeah. Is, is the cost of higher education? It's it's really up there these days. So you know, you, there's ways around it though with with residency and, and mm-hmm. ju- things like junior college for the first two years. So definitely some good stuff. But I know that nutball wants to go like North Dakota State or something, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> North Dakota State is it, they have an incredible throw program. Yeah. So that's where he wants to go. And, you know, he's 12. So everything is social media. So, you know, North Dakota State has like some predominant like Olympic level throwers. So that's where he wants to go. But uh, he wants to go to a colder weather school because he likes the winter better than he likes summer. But it was, what, I think, minus 24 in North in Fargo the other day. And Farrick is like, right of refusal, he's not going to North Dakota State. <laughs> but, you know, you have a kid. They're, they change their minds every two weeks. So who knows? Where- well, and in, in the end, it's in the end, it is their decision by that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, and that's that's the hard part I found as a parent is just trying to give the room Right. For him to make the decision for my daughter, Lily, would, will be next and not that far behind, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make that decision. Then I get a break for a while. But allowing them to make the decision and helping them with the reasoning behind it. Um, and frankly, just getting kids to talk at all these days is difficult. A hundred percent. You know, um, but that's the kind of parenting stuff that you know there's no we say it when they're born there's no manual and i was just saying to gretchen the other day like i thought it was going to get easier as they got older i mean it's not easy anyway being divorced and them not living here that's hard enough right Mm -hmm. but it's actually gotten tougher as they've gotten older right because they get their own lives they've they're doing other things they're not up here all the time it's not a set schedule and for me you know i could force it right i have the right right to force the, the the subject the issue but i've decided to take a tact of hey 
I trust you to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. And if I don't think it is, we'll, we'll talk, right? Um, and I'll often talk about like why they made the decision, but I'm not going to force them to do stuff as much as I possibly can. That doesn't mean you're not being a parent. It just means that you're you're trying to get them on that path to good decision making. Right. And you definitely, especially today with social media and so much outside influences that the one of the things that's been really successful for us with Braden is he gets a big voice in what he does now. And, you know, if we're outside throwing or doing something and it's 22 degrees and he says he needs to feel comfortable to say, hey, I need a break or I don't really want to do this. I'd like to do this. And, you know, he he doesn't rule the roost, but he has to he has to have a voice in everything that he does. And I learned that very uh, early with wrestling. Of course, I you know, we talked about last week. Uh, my love for wrestling and I thought that Braden was going to be a wrestler and uh, I sent him to the local wrestling program here and he got his butt kicked every day like it was uh, he was young but he was very athletic so he can hang with the bigger kids and they used him as a throw dummy and one night I was on shift and uh, Farika called me up crying and says this ends today and uh, so I learned my lesson of I have my vision of Braden, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's who Braden is. And it was a, a quick lesson in in fatherhood that it, it, it's not a it's not all about what I think it should be for him. Yeah, I'm, I I relate to that because you know I'm a big sports fan. I love baseball. I love hockey. And, and Daniel doesn't have interest in that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he played a little bit when he was young, but that's because you, that's what you do. But he just never really got into it. Mm-hmm. And so that was tough. You know, you just yeah. father, son, you want to bond over some sports and he's just not, inter- just not interested in them. So, you know, we, we have discussions about other things such as, you know, uh, current events or politics or history sure you know it's just a different just kind of different area but man that it was crushing it at first yeah i come on i have a friend going through that from the uh fire department and uh he was a college quarterback so uh um he was a big time athlete you know like mr california whatever in football and his son doesn't have his son plays sports but it's not that competitive nature and their different sports and to see like he has a great relationship with his kid and uh i i you could see on the inside that maybe it's a little like ooh, this hurts a little bit but watching him grow with his boy now as he's older and they have that relationship and he coaches with each other and my advice to him is don't sweat it like have a we know so many people who don't have relationship with their kids because of sports and they're forced to do that thing. And um, if your kid isn't, if he likes art and dance, then take that passion you had for football and put it into his passion for art and dance. And your relationship as father and son will be better than everyone you have. Right. Or, or that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and each kid's 
different, right? Like when you have, you know, you've got Brayden as an only child and I've got the, the three. So I see the three different, you know, Lily's really into cheer and kind mm-hmm. of tumbling and that, that kind of athletics. And Michaela is young, but she's willing to do and try everything. Like she yeah. wants to, to do it all. And she's in plenty. You know, we mm-hmm. finally pulled the plug on soccer last year. Um, but she would still go out there if she could. So, but when you see her, like the the little snippets of like her piano recital and her uh, her dancing, you can just see she's in her element and the joy. Or when she, you know she's selling Girl Scout cookie that video when you you know you're <laughs> pulling out your life savings to buy eighty box of you know Girl Scout cookies. It's yeah. it's awesome to see when kids do what they want to do. And they have that freedom. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. She is passionate about performance for sure. She loves it. She makes up stories and, and all that. I mean, she's just outgoing in a different way mm-hmm. than my, my older two. Um, so it's it's interesting to see the little personalities, how they all diverge. and um, But there's still that bond. You know, the older kids were here this weekend. And, man, it, they're... Michaela looks at her parents obviously with love and at grandparents and family, sure, sure. but the way she looks at her brother and sister is just a whole, yeah, whole that's awesome, whole different way, right? So anyway, well, that's a lot of fam- a lot of good family stuff. Yeah, um, but uh, I wanted to just I thought maybe we check in uh, with each other on on kind of training and and then tackle <laughs> some of these questions, you know, that uh, people have been sending in. Yeah, well, I don't know if. Uh... I could call what I did training, but uh, I did have some good walks. Um, I didn't really ride the bike at all. We we kind of been busy, um, but so I I wouldn't say it was training. But I did get out there. I did do some stuff. Um, food was you know whatever train wreck for the week. It's not any worse than it was, but. Um, I really need to get a grasp on that. And we talked about last week that I don't really, I didn't have a plan like for my mental health. I think my plan for, or lack of plan for um, uh, uh, training, like, uh, you know, even just to begin, I think that's where I'm lacking. So that's something I've been working on uh, today. It's just, what am I going to do for the next two months? I think my first race, if I uh, remember offhand, is like, April 16th so I have a couple months and uh, you can do a lot in a couple months you just have to do something and you know not having something on the board that says all right today's Monday I'm gonna walk two miles and you know what I'm saying so um, I need to work on that I volunteered at a race yesterday a 10k and half marathon as a course marshal and that was awesome it was 22 degrees little trail run thousand runners which was nice to be back in that element and it really um it lit a spark that you know like i haven't been in a race in Meyer in in uh a while but just being out there and talking to people and you know being a volunteer and people thanking you and high-fiving it really lit a spark that i really want to get back into this and you know two million people on Chicago course is that uh, adrenaline rush that I like thinking about. So I prepared today by uh, some run Disney videos and dropkick Murphy's 
So, there you go. <laughs> but that's my goal for today is just kind of figure out what am I going to do for the next two months. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring up a, a good point. Like some people need plans. Some people can just get up and go for a run. They can just get up, whatever they feel. That's how far they'll go. They'll up or decrease intensity as how they feel. I, I need a plan and, yeah. and, and that goal. And this last week I was really not, I don't know what got into my head, but something definitely got in my head about getting out there. Mm -hmm. Our weather was fairly bad. You know, we had a pretty big snow in there, you know, so all that shoveling, uh, definitely was some good cross training. Uh, but there's something mentally that just was blocking and I know I need to get through it and it's probably just going to, it's literally just using, that's where the willpower comes in. You right. can't depend on willpower to do everything, but you could depend on willpower to kind of get started because, well, I mean, right? Science, an object at rest stays at rest. An object mm -hmm. in motion tends to stay in motion, Right. So as long as I get moving, I, I know I'll be okay. So that's what I also did a lot of kind of planning. Uh, so there's two parts to that. One, some on my own. So thinking about how do I want strength training to play in because I need that. Mm -hmm. I, I have not been, I've been sporadic with it and I need to be consistent. I need three days a week of strength training um, to go with my running and other, you know, cross training. If I don't, I think I'm in trouble. I'll, I'm, you know, I'm due for my next set of blood work this week. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I have not done everything I need to do. And I need to stop looking at perfection as the goal. I just need to keep saying, okay, well, I'm, I've improved because I have. I've, you know, lost a little bit of weight. But really, I've made better choices more times than I've not made better choices. And I just need to kind of continue down that path. And then the second piece is uh, incorporating then what Andy comes up with, which my guess is within the next week, he'll have a plan going for me. Uh, Andy, Coach Andy with Silver Fox. Mm -hmm. So between those two things, I should be able to get on a path. And I've been thinking a lot about the weight loss and eating. And it's interesting that uh, our friend Megan brought up you know, the question of weight loss during marathon training yeah, and how difficult it is for her. It, it definitely works for some people. Yeah. As she, as she stated, but what are your, what's your two cents on, on weight loss with, with long distance training? I think you had to separate weight loss with running and weight loss with marathon training. And I know a I know far more people who lost weight with running than they have with marathon training specifically. Because I know more people gain weight marathon training than lose weight. Because if you're just taking up running and I want to run th three miles three days a week, and I'm going to do strength training and I'm going to change my diet, then that's much easier then I think it's a different mental focus. If I'm marathon training and my focus is marathon training, if I run 16 miles, 18 miles, 20 miles, your body is going to crave 
calories to replenish that energy that you're giving out and you're just going to eat more. So your focus is not, I don't think you can do both at the same time. Like if you want to lose weight, then and and run a marathon i think it's hard to accomplish am i making sense yeah, like, yeah. I, I have a ton running through my head but i think if your weight if your goal is weight loss so hey i'm gonna run a marathon like my going back to chicago is about regaining running and that feeling of accomplishment and raising money for the leukemia and lymphoma society but if i wanted to lose weight then Running the Chicago Marathon would not be the way I want to lose weight. I think it. I think it's really hard to do. Yeah. Well, I, I start thinking about about the components of weight weight loss. Like, what is it, right? So your body is it, for weight is pretty much you've got bone, right? Uh, you've got fat, mm-hmm. you've got muscle, and you've got water and tissue, right? I think those are the five components of weight. So tissue is kind of cartilage, things like that are, are kind of, they are what they are. Uh, bone density definitely can, can vary at different phases of your life between male and female. That can be, can be different. The components you have some control over are fat, muscle and, uh, and water, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, liquid. So at, at that point, I start thinking about what does running do? Well, if you're consistently running, you should, in theory, you should uh, gain a little bit of muscle. You should lose a little bit of fat. Might not be a ton, right? But there mm-hmm. should be. Uh, the other thing, though, that happens that people you need to be careful of is you you tend to retain water when you're doing big training runs. So I will often have you know, a, a 10 or 12 mile run and the scale is going to say I gained three or four pounds. Mm-hmm. That, that's not true, right? Like you didn't gain three or four pounds. Right. It, it's three or four pounds of retained fluids because your body goes, Hey, you, you're <laughs> trying to get rid of all of this. You got to stop. Right. Right. Um, so you've got that. So I think that the water retention happens oftentimes. So you, you need to up, your fluid intake even more, which seems a little anathema, but that's how you kind of shed it a little bit from your body. But if it's going to retain, I think the the goal for me, instead of worrying about weight loss, I'm just trying to be conscious of what's going on, right? Because the other piece of it is you're going to crave a ton of food. Like you're saying, you got to replenish. But oftentimes when you finish the 20 mile run, which also is not that often. So more, let's talk about mid-training, 8 to 10. You get a lot more 8 to 10, 12 milers sure. than you do 20 milers, right? So let's see, even that, though, is a very long run. And you, when you're done with it, you don't go, oh, you know, I could really use a salad with <laughs> oil and vinegar. You go, that cheeseburger sounds damn good. You better make that yeah. a double because I just ran 10 miles, right? So I think that we get a lot of unconscious eating decisions after a long run. So I yes. think that Megan's got a point. Your point is valid. I don't know who loses versus gains. Like, I, I don't know. But I could tell you that for bigger people, it's going to be a difficult subject. 
to talk about weight loss. Mm -hmm. So in this journey for me, although I do want to talk with you in future episodes about nutrition in general and how we're attacking it, because we're very different overall, um, but have a lot of commonalities. I kind of want to talk about that at, at length. My goal here, it, weight loss, I want to be a byproduct of doing all these other things correctly. A hundred percent. Running the miles, doing the strength training, doing meditation, getting better sleep, because uh, that's another component. You, you Weight loss, if you're not sleeping well, mm -hmm. your body is not going to lose the weight it needs to. Um, and then just making better choices when it comes to food. If I force myself to say, okay, this is all about weight loss. If I don't lose weight, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I failed. Yes. Well, I've just set myself up to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. Now, I bet if I was, I don't know, pick a number, 200 pounds the day that I run Chicago, I'm going to feel a lot better than if I'm 230. Yes. Right? But... I can do the race either way. I know I can. Mm -hmm. I've done it, right? Same same with you. You've done races at 300 pounds, mm -hmm. and you're able to accomplish it. So I think that that's, you know, Megan brings up a really good point, and it made me think about it this morning because I've been talking about weight loss and how I have to lose weight, I need to lose weight, which is true. Mm -hmm. It's not an untrue statement. But if it's the focus, I think I'm going to fail. Yeah, 100%. Before she mentioned this, weight loss was not in my mindset specifically, right? And like, like you just said, if I put the miles in, I work on my meditation, I work on my three meals a day, because when I, I, in my Facebook memories... I weighed 241.5 pounds two years ago on this day, and I'm like 295 this morning. And that weight loss came from working a full eight-hour day, 40 hours a week. I was a, a overnight grocer at Wegmans, which is an East Coast grocery store, and I ate three solid plant-based meals a day. So... The most food that I've ever eaten was in this um, like nine-month period. And now I'm a binge eater. I don't eat lunch or dinner. I have terrible eating habits. So my weight loss will come when I put the big picture together, right? I never thought about I'm going to run Chicago and I'm going to lose weight. My thought process was I'm going to run Chicago, find myself who I know is hiding in there, and deal with all the stuff that's causing me to have regained the 60 pounds over the last two years. And that, the weight loss will come with that answer, not because I'm running Chicago Marathon, right? If I just run Chicago, you know, I'm going to end, I'm going to run Chicago, we're going to finish. And I'm going to drink four pitchers of old style and eat a Pequod's pepperoni pizza and be in heaven. But then I'm right back to where I was October 10th than I am today. Right? Right. So Chicago is about me fixing 
me and the big picture and hopefully that weight loss will come with that yeah i I, you know i like that because i i've just put too much emphasis and as i think a lot of people have you know over time and i want to make it clear too i'm not dissatisfied with like who i am today like being bigger than i want to be doesn't define me Mm -hmm. um you know, I'm also not a body positivity kind of person. Like, I just don't, I just don't care. Like, it, mm-hmm. it is, it is what it is from that perspective. But from a health perspective, I know I've got to, I've got to change. And if I don't, I, I might not be here for for to be a grandparent. That's that's the crossroad that I'm at now. Is Braden is he'll be 13 in May. I'll be 51 next March. I have the choice in many ways of how the next 30 years of my life are going to be. And do I want to be the active parent in my 60s, 70s, and 80s? Or do I want to be like my father who's not here? You know what I'm saying? Like he, he died in his 70s. My mom's father died biological father died when he was 32 my other biological grandfather died when he was in his late 60s right so now there's some things are written in the cards right I have no choice in that matter but there are a lot of things that I have a choice in the matter and that's what this is all about is making those choices so when Braden graduates college and he moves on and Whatever life brings over the next 20, 30 years, I want to be an active part of that, not someone who's, you know, no disrespect to anyone, but my father had lung cancer and he was too vain to wear oxygen, right? He, he didn't want to be that person and I don't want to be that person, but my choices of what I do now are going to help me with that then. So this is all about... Um, fixing me today and not like weight loss i don't really care about the weight loss thing because anyone can yo-yo diet and there's a ton of things i can do to lose weight training for a marathon but it's not fixing the problem yeah you know and we've tried some crazy. i can only speak for myself i've tried some crazy things over the years to to lose weight and then i and the memories came up um from a few years ago that mary's mini yeah, <laughs> you had done like, which is basically you just eat potatoes and potatoes and vegetables. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that was of all the crazy things that has to be for me the craziest. Yeah, uh, that was awful. I, I was so miserable. So you know, miserable. it's funny you brought that up because I think about doing that again. I had really good success with that. And uh, I lost 11 pounds in the 10 days. And I love that lifestyle and eating. That. I mean, Mary, Mary's Mini is a, is a temporary thing. But uh, it's kind of like it's meant to be a reset. And I really love that lifestyle. Like I have two really good friends that ate nothing but potatoes for two weeks. And it's fascinating to hear their story. Like that's how Pendulette lost his 100 pounds as he started on this potato-only diet. And then he moved into... Uh, a different phase of it and he's kept all his his weight off but uh very yeah, many that's classic <laughs> yeah i i think that pendulette's gonna be by far the minority i don't think many people are gonna go down that path because yeah it's no. temporary, right and and it, i mean i hear what they're trying to do it's just it's a 
really crazy way to try to do it, right? There's yeah. a reason that there's an abundance of of foods out there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, right. he just he he just did the two week thing, and I don't think I couldn't do like I've done some pretty crazy stuff. Like I, I've done uh, uh, vegan keto. Like there's some crazy stuff you can do out there. I don't think I could eat. I love potatoes, but I don't think I can eat only a potato. But Pendulette made a ton of changes in his life. And uh, I, I still think the number one, it, until I conquer the alcohol, it, it's, this conversation is is worthless because until I fix that, then, um, and I had a great week. Don't get me wrong. It, it's on the uh, forefront of my mind through this whole thing. And, and it's really number one is to take care of the, the drinking first and many things positive will happen once I, I I get rid of that and get a handle on that. Yeah. So that's interesting that you brought that up because we talked about this last time and then uh, was given a reminder in the No Fear Project, which is a, a private safe group. So mm-hmm. I won't mention a name without her permission. I didn't ask her. Um, I guess I've already given away 50% of the population or so. Um <laughs> Uh, but anyway, there's a book that she recommended called This Naked Mind. Uh-huh. So right here, Control Alcohol. I don't know if you've heard of this. Annie Grace. I have not. Um, uh, so I bought it because uh, this person was also struggling with alcohol in a similar way to you and I, which is the, the label of alcoholic. Uh, does it fit? It didn't fit. What do I do? How do I look at it? How how do I reframe it? So I bought this Naked Mind Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, and Change Your Life by Annie Grace. So this is my next read that I'm going to start this week. Um, and it looks like something I could probably get through. It's not that big of a book. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to find that too because so I talked about how I had a a few drinks on the 29th, you know, the, the old birthday, but I haven't had anything since. So I didn't have anything this week. Mm -hmm. That abstinence wasn't on purpose. I just didn't feel like it. Yeah. Right. But, but similar to you and I want to hear kind of what, you know, what it's been for you, but it's still on my mind. Like it's still a, it's a conscious choice somewhere. I will still on my mind. I will say it is, the number one thing on my mind every day. And Farrakhan flat out told me that I was a functional alcoholic. And Was that over text? No, no, no. She told me we were sitting oh, on the couch. Face. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I know with your penchant for texting, I didn't Yeah, know yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> and I, I don't think, like, there was no, like, hey, you, like, there was a problem between us, right? It's not a, a driving force between us. It's how I've been for a long time. And I, it was more of, I'm he, the way I interpret it was, is, hey, I'm here from you, for you. We've got this. I know you're making strides to accept it and make that change. And I know that, for her saying that I know that herself and Braden are my priority 
and I'm slowly trying to figure out how to make me a priority to myself. And um, that's it, alcohol is, is my number one focus right now. And uh, and I, I didn't drink all week. We did um, Friday night shots with Farica, which was a classic this week. It was good. And uh, with I, I went to the liquor store to buy a little like airplane bottle for her. And uh, without even muscle memory, I went to the aisle, grabbed the bottle, and I didn't drink Monday through Friday. And then I had something on Friday and Saturday, and that was like taking it to the next level in my mind of what the F am I doing, right? This is so stupid. There's no reason for it. And I felt so good during the week. And then just like that, it can change in an instant, which is like the flag being planted or the seed being planted in uh, in my mind that this is the number one issue I have right now is not weighing 300 pounds. It's what I drink. Do you tend to binge drink how you binge eat? Uh, I don't know if I binge drink the way I binge eat. Does that make, like, you know, like I, I only, I, I don't wake up in the morning and crave alcohol. I don't have alcohol, you know, Bloody Marys with breakfast or we can go out to eat and I could not drink, but it's just a habit and the amount that I can drink sitting at home doing nothing for no reason on the couch, right? And when I do that, then it leads to the, to the binge eating, which, you know, now I'm not sleeping as well. And, you know, like it's the easiest, the easiest way to not run in the morning is to drink too much wild turkey the night before, right? <laughs> so I don't necessarily saying that, and it's probably a stupid thing to say, and, you know, like they say denial is the first first step, but I don't necessarily, and it's probably the same thing, is if I say that I'm not an alcoholic, but the alcohol is causing the issues. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I, I think I think that's valid, dude, because that the person who shared this book had that issue, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they talked about alcohol is just it's some sort of a barrier in my life but the label doesn't feel right it doesn't seem right it doesn't fit um they even went as far as you know like attending a meeting Mm -hmm. didn't speak to them didn't help them and you know we've heard that before you know if you're a tjm a 10 junk miles listener you've heard how different people attack alcoholism you know mm-hmm. scott being a, tw- uh, a a very open uh 12 stepper you know alcoholics anonymous and mishka shibali uh mishka being like hey I-, I did this on my own he even has a book about how he did it all on his right. own cold turkey um which i've read um and there's parts of that 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 spoke to me but the in the end i don't think i'm an alcoholic but alcohol can at times be a barrier to living the life that I want to live right. and feeling good. 
And I, I listen think to, you're saying something similar, right? A hundred percent. Like I, I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge ritual fan. Yep. And I've probably listened to every one of his episodes. David Clark um, was another guy. He's got a couple of good peace. books. Absolutely. He was a great guy. I love David Clark. Scott, of course. And their stories behind alcohol are much different than my story. And for me, it's, it's an acceptance of, not an acceptance of, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I could never touch this, this stuff again in my life because I, I drink till I black out because I don't do that. But I've listened to enough people who came to the conclusion that the alcohol that they drink is preventing them from doing what they want. And I don't necessarily, and they stop drinking because of it. Like I, did, I really wish I listened to um, the Plant Strong podcast with uh, Rip Esselstyn, and uh, it was a woman who was a runner, was a, a like a prolific, like Olympic level swimmer, and she talked about how she drank till she passed out. And it, it like none of that resonated with me because I, I don't do that. But she talked about how um, uh, al- how alcohol it prevented her from doing what she wanted. And and I, I think for those people that we were talking about, it's different than what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Like, I, I can't tell if I'm making a complete sentence because yeah. there's so much running through my head. And is there a part of me that thinks I'm an alcoholic? Of course there is. Is there a part of me that is just saying like, hey, Dave, everything you want is there. You just have to take it. And alcohol is not part of that picture. Yeah, I, I think it... So I'm going to relate it to to being fat right which (laughs) if you're listening to this show and you have a problem with me using that word too bad like i've taken the power back on that one yeah so i I, that that was the only flack i've gotten lately is you know don't say fat well sorry yeah i'm with you i'm fat pete yeah it's just (laughs) right but we're we're different so there there's a really good example uh there are blackout drunk alcoholics and there's go to work every day alcoholics. Mm-hmm. There are uh, people who are, get blackout drunk will never think that they're an alcoholic and may not be right. Uh, they use it for other reasons. No idea how, how that is, but it, it happens. Uh, and there are people who, who uh, are alcoholics, but have never touched a drink because they kind of just know, Right. Mm -hmm. I relate it to being fat. Right. Like I've gotten, you know, I'm a, I'm five, eight and and now about right now I'm about two twenty five. I've been two sixty, and to people who are, you know, five, eight and 400 pounds, I'm not fat. Like, Hey, what are you talking about? You're not that big. And I, and I've heard it. You're not that big, not that big. I'm not sure what that means. Right. But that this is an objective thing. My body has way more fat than it should. I'm overweight. Extra large clothes are tight. Mm-hmm. That's fat. 
You know, when you get into 2X sizes and 3X sizes, you're a big dude. I'm not saying that you're less than. Like, that. those two things are not, not equivalent. But when you start comparing or have gradients, like you've got to watch that comparison game, right? Like right. You've just got to do what's right for you. Take it another way. You know, I'll say all the time, like, oh, I'm a slow runner. Well, I don't say that, right? And I even used to get upset about that. No, I'm objectively a pretty slow runner. But the fact is I'm running, which is way more than other people are. They're, you know who's even slower? The people who don't get off the couch. Right. But that doesn't mean I'm not slow and can't accept that. Doesn't mean I can't get faster. Doesn't mean I can't get lighter. Doesn't mean I can't drink less. Right. Mm-hmm. So these comparisons and these gradients, I think, get in our way oftentimes. And I think that's exacerbated by uh, things like social media and the and something I've talked with my brother about a lot. What makes it to podcasts, books, movies, news stories, the public lexicon are extremes. Mm-hmm. It's the extreme pass out blackout drunk alcoholic it's the person who's doing you know coke off of a hooker's back that makes you know and and ends up running a hundred mile ultra that makes a story right the people who live day to day and just have little bits of or pieces of problems they don't make for great stories right uh, for for most people right they don't people don't want to hear well yeah i lost 10 pounds and then i felt great they want to hear, I lost 150 pounds. Right, well, 100%. The fact is, you had to get to that point where you had to lose 150 yeah. pounds, right? And, and, and I'm not, like, I, I think this is a good conversation, and there's probably people who are going to listen to this who are going to write, and they're going to have very strong opinions. Sure. And uh, what the bottom line for me is, where I'm at, what what has caused me to get to the point that I'm at? And I'll be very honest with you. I was at this um, volunteer thing yesterday, and I had a a fat guy moment that I was embarrassed about, and I had trouble putting on my boots, right? Like I couldn't find uh, uh, the right position there was there wasn't a lot of structure on the in the insert of the boot that I was wearing, and I really had and I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm not embarrassed to say that I had a hard time putting my boots on yesterday, and it should not take like 15 minutes to put on a pair of boots. So this is where I'm at, Pete. What caught what is causing me without any labels? I don't care about the labels. What what is causing me to be at the position that I'm at at 50 years old? While my 12-year-old is crushing it, and he's crushing it because of Farrakh and I, right? We have the knowledge to pass on the Braden so he can be successful and eat well and do all these things. And what is what is preventing me from achieving that success and being who I want to be? And the top of that list is my diet and alcohol and lack of exercise. And those are the three things that that I need to conquer. And the first priority on that list is alcohol. It, I don't need to call myself an alcoholic to figure that out, to know that that's right. the number one problem right now. 
Yeah, no, I that unholy trinity uh, is at the top for me too, right? Like that's that's exactly it, and and I think that describes a lot of people in the world. And you can insert something else for the alcohol piece. There, there'll be another leg for for others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's interesting. Like I didn't expect alcohol to be such a a big subject, you know, kind of coming into doing this with you. Yeah. I think it's important because I don't think we can get to the training that we want to do with alcohol still that prominent in our minds and in our lives. And I, and, and I don't know if you and I could have had this conversation maybe two years ago because it's, it's been part of my life from being in the restaurant business for a long time, like, right? I was a chef at Adagio for a long time in Chicago. What was across the street? A huge bar. What was on the other side of the street? A strip club. So what did you do? You worked, drank it at Adagio. You went across the street to Joe's Sports Bar. You drank there till it closed. And then you went to the Crazy Horse and you drank there till six o'clock in the morning. It was normal. In the fire department, what did we do? We celebrated everything with alcohol, right? It's It was part of my life. And now that I sit in Eldersburg, Maryland during COVID, it, I don't want it to be that part of my life anymore. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like I don't need a label to know that the guy who I, I want to be that marathon runner, plant-based guy who in ways that it is doing something good for society, being able to run, to go on a run with Braden or go on a walk. Farrakh is crushing it. She works out five days a week. She's in like week 12 of her exercise routine that she's committed to. And I'm the fat ass sitting on the couch with a bunch of excuses, right? I don't want to be that guy anymore. Nice. Well, I mean, I think this is a good discussion for 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 us, right? Like, it yeah. helps give even more background and set the stage even more. You know, hopefully, we've got a few better, uh, you know, training stories. But the, these are the realities. And yeah, but you know what? That's what makes maybe way to change the name to Fat and Dave's therapy or uh, Pete and Dave's therapy session. But I think that there are probably a lot of people who maybe aren't admitting it out loud, but. I, I think that this conversation can help a lot of people, especially as we're coming out of COVID. And uh, we're going to have some great training stories. We're going to have some good food stories. And, uh, you know, I, I think once we get talking on, on nutrition and, and food and diets and uh, we kind of work through this first stage of the nine-month journey that we're about to embark on, it's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that that's probably a a good place to to wrap up this part. But there's one more question we had that I definitely wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. because it's been weighing on my mind, too. Um, And that came from uh, our friend Derek. And he asked about your struggles finding running clothes. Yeah. Well, in, in so he, were there specific things? Because he was he was saying like he could find like bigger shirts, but it's shorts that give him the problem. A hundred percent. It's um, shorts are an issue, but I think shorts are messed up for everyone today. Like this three quarter short, below the knee short 
that everyone is wearing now is an issue. Like I am old school. I like below the knee shorts, not like short shorts that Braden and all his buddies wear, but um, it's very hard to find, especially at my size, a a above the knee um, training short that's not super wide. Like shirts, shorts, 4X shirts are easy to find. Like he mentioned Target and Walmart. I go to Kohl's. They have great um, dry tech, T-E-K, I think is Kohl's line. And they have great 4X and 3X. And you can get, you know, 4X tall, 4X big. I'm a 4X big. But um, like coats are difficult because a lot of them are designed with longer arms. And I like to think I have a normal arm length. So that's where the difficulty in like lot like uh, sweatshirts or pullovers or jackets is I can get them to fit the girth. I can't get them to fit the arm length because I, I think they're made for taller uh, people. So they have much longer um, arms than I yeah. wear. So then you, you know, you look like, you know, I have like, I have a, a black pullover sweatshirt that I have to roll the sleeve like three times for it to fit my wrist. But like body wise, it fits just fine. So yeah. The, I, I, I hear you on that. I mean, cause I've been thinking about it too, cause I need some shorts and they're just, they're not simple to find. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I even looked up like I Googled, you know, uh, running clothes for overweight men. And the only articles that come up are women either talking about women's apparel or there was one from a female who was in fashion, I think, who really basically just said, go, go shop at Target or. Yeah. Well, or, there's a great Kohl's. store, uh, DXL, which sells great big and tall clothes, but they're training, it, whatever happened, I think it comes from the NBA where they went from when they went to like artist Gilmore short shorts to now they wear like the below the knee shorts. Everything has gone to that look and you just can't, and, and, you know, like I can find two X, three X shorts really easy. It's just that comfortable running, above the knee shorts like i got a bunch of shorts from Coles, and they cover your knee and i'm like who can run when you have shorts covering your knee it's just uncomfortable yeah so i haven't had that experience but maybe so maybe it's because i for i've for the most part with running shorts i've been able to kind of stay in the xl mm -hmm. um but you know i I feel like they are long, but they do stop like right at the knee or right, just right above it. But I think they're, so I was reading about this last night. So I think there's like five inch, five and a half inch. And those are kind of the shorty yeah. ones ish Four four to five and a half are kind of the shorty ones. And the seven inch are what the kind of just above the knee are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But then that gets into, if you're, me, like me, five eight, and I if I were to need a three XL, well, though they're made longer, like that seven inches is goes family <laughs> podcast, yeah, has to go <laughs> below the knee, right? You know, 
just because of the way that the clothes have to be built because they think that you're going to be taller needing right. that size, right? And so I'm wondering, like, I just kept wondering when Derek asked it, and, I, and after the, it was funny that he asked because I was literally researching this last night. When are custom clothing because of like 3D printing and, you know, all the things they can do, when is that going to become a reality? Because I'd rather just kind of send dimensions in and have custom clothes. Well, I know you could get that for like dress clothes. Right. You can, right. I'm saying for athletic gear. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, maybe someone smart will hear this and, and patent it. But like for me, like I could never go into like Scotty talks about path projects all the time. Like I, I'm years from wearing any kind of like normal running short. I could never go into a store and and buy a normal running short. You know, like yeah. So that those are everybody uses the compression lot. You know, like underneath as like the underwear or liner. And man, that's I I've tried to wear that stuff, but I feel maybe it's because I get I don't like. I feel like I have to be cut out of them and yeah. I just can't do it. Like I couldn't wear, like I'm not, a, I couldn't wear a male Spanx or, <laughs> you know, anything mm-hmm. like it's just not, even when I have to put on like a tight shirt for a base layer uh, in this winter, like even that, like it kind of, it's taken a long time for me to be able to overcome the anxiety it causes me. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Anyways. So shorts is, is more of a, uh, like Coles will have a training short, which I tend to uh, go with the training short versus the basketball short. So hopefully as uh, spring comes and Coles uh, starts putting out some of their uh, athletic wear again, that's what, uh, you know, I'll end up with. Nice. Well, man, I think we covered a good good amount of subjects. <laughs> People will be we like, man, this show's depressing. <laughs> I know. we got to have more laughs. Uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, answered some questions, too, from, you know, our, our couple of listeners. So, I mean, I really I really think that this journey, though, it's going to be fun to chronicle and kind of see kind of see where we go. And I'm sure as soon as we start training, we'll have a lot more funny stories. Yeah. About, and and when know, the weather like no one wants to hear about me walking on the treadmill, you know, in my in my bedroom. I mean, it's boring. Maybe. And, like, I really need this weather to shift. Like, this weather is bumming me out. It's too cold. It's not as cold here as it is in Chicago, but it was 22 degrees. I'm 51. That's cold, right? Like, <laughs> I wear pants now. Like, I've never worn pants oh my in my gosh. life. So, like, even Braden makes fun of me, calls me old man because I'm wearing shorts. So, You're not wearing shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear my little fancy yoga pants. <laughs> which is a miracle. I wear those every day. Like, you know how hard it is to find yoga pants that fit at 300 pounds? That's like gold. <laughs> nice. Oh, awesome, man. Well, I think we can uh, we can wrap it up here. Awesome. All right. You've been listening to episode 130 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. Check out the show notes for links to anything uh, social and to donate to Dave's charity fundraising love it all right that'll do it everybody get out there and be better today i was not hiding i was unsure and i was 
greedy. 